Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Today on CityCast Philly. Philly was recently named the fourth best place to bike in America. That's according to People for Bikes, a nonprofit that focuses on bike safety and access. But is that true for Philly? I'm speaking with lawyers who advocate for cyclists about just how bike friendly the city actually is. It's Wednesday, July 19th. I'm Trinae Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me now is Stuart and Zach Leon, who are both bicycle crash and safe street lawyers, a father and son team. You both represent riders who get hurt in the city and in the suburbs. I've got to ask you, Stuart, let's start with you. How do you feel about this best places to bike ranking? Is Philly a bike friendly city? It's a small city. It's easily navigable from the immediate suburbs and It's such a small, big city. I do think it's a safe city. I blame the driver's use of smartphones for most of the carnage. I would say we would eliminate eight out of 10 cases, crashes, if drivers were probably not driving, thinking about something else with their attention diluted, And uh, the city is trying to get bike lanes put in the right way. I think five years from now, the city's going to be look different, uh, some of the paths around the city. Zach, what are your thoughts here? Um, We've worked on a lot of cases where bicycle riders will be forced out of bike lanes, whether it's due to cars parking in bike lanes or construction activity. And our client was telling me yesterday, he goes, I really have noticed a lot of the construction sites are starting to actually respect bike lanes. And when they have to block a bike lane, they create a new temporary bike lane by putting up the appropriate barriers or boundaries so that people don't feel like they have to weave into traffic and they can just continue on to a, into a pseudo temporary bike lane. And, you know, I think that's an important thing that's happened in Center City because it totally wasn't happening, you know, six five, six, seven years ago. We also have the Philadelphia Parking Authority now with a dedicated force to ticket vehicles parked in bike lanes. I think once they start towing vehicles parked in bike lanes, that's when it's going to stop. I think for now, it's wonderful that they're writing thousands of tickets for people doing what they've been allowed to do for years and just use bike lanes as parking lanes. Right. Stuart, does that type of enforcement help or protect riders effectively? No. And if you want to stand on any street and watch what happens, you're just going to see in the course of an hour, a stream of bicycle riders hopping in and out of bike lanes because of cars and construction vehicles sort of being allowed to park there. I don't think tickets is the answer. I think they, why not tell them? 
why not tell them that that's what needs to happen? They're putting bicycle commuters' lives at risk, really. They're creating a conflict um, where the traffic planners created a perfectly safe um, infrastructure for bicycle riders, and the whole thing's being frustrated by every single block as a vehicle parked in it. We'll definitely talk more about that later in the show. I want to bring in Dylan Mass. Dylan, you're a paralegal at the firm. You were involved in an accident. Tell us what happened. So, like, what, 10 years ago, I got hit by a truck. In Philly? Yeah, in Philly, a 60th and Arch. And uh, had no idea what to do. Ended up here before I worked here. Stuart worked for me, won my case, and then after it all wrapped up, I started working here. How was that experience? Like, did it leave you shaken up? Did did you like stop riding for a while? Yeah, I stopped riding because I couldn't, and then when I could, I went back, and now I ride probably six days out of the week. I commute into work twenty miles basically every day. So, yeah. Nothing's changed. Dylan loves the SRT. He likes to ride in on the SRT. Do you love it? Or like, I, I mean, I miss MLK, but ever since they closed the bridge down. But yeah, the Schuylkill River Trail runs from Philly past Reading. And uh, between Center City, Philly and Maniunk, it's very popular. Stuart, where are your favorite places to ride in the city? I like the 11th Street two-way bike lane cycle track between Reed Street in South Philly and it runs to Bainbridge. It's protected. It's two-way. Uh, you're very safe in there. Okay, cool. Now, where would you recommend bikers, you know, try to avoid? I don't think anybody can really avoid much, but I do know that coming in and out of West Philly, there's a very dangerous intersection at 34th and Spruce, which has We've worked on the most crashes. That's a hot spot. 34th and Spruce at the bottom of that hill. And that's a crazy area with food delivery, truck delivery, the hospitals on the, you know, on the one side there. And people are coming and going to the hospital. That's just a crazy area. I ride on it and I'm just very careful. Stuart, you mentioned that if PPA started towing cars out of bike lanes, that is maybe one way to keep these roads safer. Um, Stuart, Dylan, or Zach, what could the city do to make Philly roads safer for bikers? And tow cars out of bike lanes and, and not, not allow construction vans, carpenters, contractors. They just use these bike lanes at their leisure as convenient parking. They have Uber drivers just posted out waiting for the next ride in bike lanes. I feel like in two weeks, they could make a huge difference. But until you don't allow people to remain stopped in bike lanes, obstructing the flow of traffic and forcing bicycle riders out into the street, it's not going to change. Let's talk more about different scenarios so that folks can stay safe on the road. There's a lot of road rage in these streets. What should riders do if they're involved in a, a hit and run and there's road rage involved? Well, the most important thing that you can do when there's road rage, and this is just some common sense advice, because you, you never know what people actually have in their cars. You don't know if they have a gun. Don't escalate things. 
all you can do, the best thing you can do is if there's a hit and run and the driver is an aggressive person or a scary person, just get their license plate. That's all you need. You can write down their license plate. You can take a picture of their license plate. I do not recommend the thing that people just love doing nowadays, which is taking out their phones and doing videos of everything they possibly can. All that's going to do is escalate the situation. After you get their license plate, you should file a police report, whether the police come to the actual scene or you can go to the station, and that will protect your rights. Sometimes you can't get the tag number. And if you can't get the tag number, as long as you attempt to report it to the police or call us or a lawyer within 30 days, we can report it to the police or protect your rights. Right. If you can get a tag number, do so. If not, it's not the end of it. We have ways of investigating um, crashes and we also know what to do if you didn't find out who hit you. Now, does that same advice apply if I'm hit by someone opening their car door? So that's section 3705 of the Motor Vehicle Code. If you can, you know, just get a tag number. Just yell. And it's, I will say, talking about faith in humanity, there are so many citizen crime fighter, random heroes, people who come to the aid of a bicycle rider down. Hey, can you just get a picture of that tag or try? People do it all the time. It's very common for us to work for people who have been helped by random hero strangers. Yet, um, if you get doored, just try to get some information. It's If you don't, it's okay. It's very common for very nice people to make a mistake, door somebody, hit them, rear end them, right hook them, left hook them, and even help people drive them home. And the crash victim never even gets their name. And we there's nothing we could do to get the name in the aftermath of it. The best thing you can do is just, it's like a common theme. Just make sure that you're doing your best to make some sort of official record of the thing happening. Uh, if you don't make a record, whether it's a police report or getting a license plate or the name of the driver or the door, it's like a tree falling in the forest, right? Uh, you got to make some sort of record in some way. A thing to do sometimes is when the, the person who doored you, hit you, hurt you, Say, hey, call my phone. And if they call you from their phone in their range, just save it. Now, I've also got to ask you, you know, we're talking about Philly streets here. So what if I fall in a ditch or a pothole? What help is out there? Probably about 20 to 25 percent of our cases are we call them road defect cases. So that could be a pothole, a plumbing trench, poorly maintained trolley tracks, which, you know, I think everyone knows about. So any of those road defect cases, we work for people all the time. They often result in people getting hurt pretty badly. I'm not sure if that's because if someone sees a car coming, sometimes they're able to brace themselves or at least prepare for a collision. Oftentimes, these things in the road, they're unseeable. There's no warning for them. They'll be in a bike lane or you have to get out of a bike lane like we've been talking about. And we've been able to find who is responsible for leaving these defects in the road as they are, whether it's a uh, private you know, construction company or a lot of the utility companies that we as Pennsylvanians and Philadelphians all know of and you know, pay bills to on a, on a regular basis. What can lawmakers do to help bikers stay safe in Philly? Stuart and I have been to Harrisburg and City Hall, and we've tried to get things changed for years. And we've been successful because we're a private law firm 
we don't really have any handcuffs on us. We can do whatever we want, you know, under under the law as lawyers, and we're aggressive lawyers. But the thing that we saw with the pandemic was the second that these restaurants couldn't see people inside, they literally shut down streets where there was parking or driving all over the city. And within days, they had literally shut down streets to have people sitting in those very streets eating. And that was by government, you know, government did that. So if there is a, a problem, government can get their act together and protect whatever party they wish to protect. And that in that case... It was a worldwide pandemic and they chose to protect a lot of the restaurants, you know, and, and rightfully so, because uh, it's a thriving part, especially of, of our city. But if they really wanted to get their act together to protect bicycle riders, they could do it and get and they can get rid of all the red tape. And I think we, what Zach is really referring to is that uh, there is a will and a way to deprioritize on street parking and prioritize bicycle commuting. And at the core of this city and the development of the center city district and then the outlying neighborhoods is that it is an easy, flat, relatively flat city to get in and out of. And if they put down the right kind of bike lanes, bicycle riders will use them. And that reduces traffic, parking, pollution, and it makes it a much more livable city. All right. That was Stuart and Zach Leon bicycle crash and safe street lawyers here in the city and they represent the burbs as well and dylan mass thank you all for coming and chatting with me on citycast philly today good day i hope you get enough information out there to make a fascinating and listenable podcast yes i got a lot (laughs) and here's what else philly's talking about A 6ABC Action News investigation looked into city data to find the top parking violators in Philly. Who was number one? UPS, with over $9 million in parking fines since 2018. A UPS spokesperson told Action News that limited commercial vehicle parking downtown is a challenge for their drivers. FedEx, Comcast, Julius Silvert, and Pepsi were other companies making the list of top parking violators. And construction began this week to update the historic Cobbs Creek Golf Course in West Philly. CBS3 reports this $100 million renovation will feature an 18-hole championship course, restaurant, and programming for youth. The project is expected to be completed by 2026. Check out the Hey Philly newsletter for more Philly news. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoy this episode, tell a friend who rides around the city. Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.